Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. And welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus, otherwise known as Word Vomit. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and Pretty Ugly. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Alison Martine, authoress of the Bourbon books or the Chai Tea in an Owl Mug books. <laughs> That's the cozy mystery version of the Bourbon books. <laughs> I could never. <laughs> the Bourbon books includes Dibs since September and the newly released Move on Melinda. Joining us today is S.D. Sykes, the author of the historical mystery The Good Death. Gorgeous cover, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, which is your fifth book in the series. Is that right? Yes, um, thank you for having it also be a standalone. <laughs> it definitely can be a standalone. It can also be a, it's, it's a sort of book that sort of tops and tails the series, actually. So you could read it as the first book or you could read it as the last book. Oh, or you could, oh, yes. or you could just read it right point. in the middle. Um, yes. So Esty, Sarah... So yeah. when we're people are listening to the audio, we don't they don't think we've just like made up your name. Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the good death. Okay. Um, I, if you I say the word plague, I'm going to put on my mask. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the plague is involved. Um, okay. So uh, my name is Sarah, and um, I live in in Kent in England. Um, which is about for people that don't know, it's a little bit about an hour outside of London. Um, and I write um, murder mysteries set in the 14th century. And the latest one is The Good Death. I have the... Uh, the, the green one. <laughs> the green one here to, to show oh, you. Oh, yeah. that's so it's different. Green. I know it is, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, and in this uh, novel, um, it, it centres around my protagonist, whose name is Oswald de Lacey. He's a, we meet him as an 18-year-old and also as a 38-year-old. So there's a time slip. Um, element to the book and it it revolves around um, a mystery that he's solving as a novice monk at, at the age of 18 but he's making a confession about this whole murder mystery to his mother as a 38 year old as she's lying on her deathbed um, and she's in the possession of a, a letter that that she's found kind of as as she's preparing basically to die um, and this letter has sort of various secrets in it that she wants to get to the bottom of before she before she passes away, because it was very important in those days for people to have a good a good death, and part of a good death was to forgive people who had sinned against you. And having got her hands on this letter, she realised that there was something in Oswald's past that he needed to confess to and that she needed to forgive him for. So, yeah. That's well, <laughs> it's, it's a great book. And I will say, um, Thank you. you know, I book, I book tons of different authors for this show. And I try to, like, run the gambit of what kind of books we're reading. And when your publicist reached out to me, and I think I just heard the words, like, 14th century monk. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, we've not had anything that has anything no. to do with that. No, we were talking about this because... And I was like, yes, we want whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, and, and when after I finished, because I, I was telling Jen, we were comparing where we were, and I said, I can't compare it to anything because how often am I reading about a 14th century Benedictine <laughs> monk confessing to something while his mom's on her deathbed? This, 
no, there, I don't have anything else. To do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No. You, you created the genre of uh, 14th century monk mysteries. <laughs> no, actually, there are there are there, there are, are more monk there mysteries. There are, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a very famous author, C.J. Sampson. Uh, have you come across mm -mm. him at all? No. He's writing. He's writing more in the um, around the time of Henry VIII. Um, okay. But um, yeah, he he sort of he's looking into this territory and there's a whole there is a whole kind of medieval mystery subgenre of of historical crime fiction so yeah you know i knew so that but i didn't know yeah. how many were like monk detectives <laughs> okay. as well, opposed to not yeah. making news with monk what, what monk who is a detective, detective. Monk. Tony Salhoven, he's okay. no not a monk <laughs> no well it, um there is also um oh i can't think of the name at the moment but uh there's a very famous um um, monk series, Cad the Cadfail, Brother Cadfail, does that ring any bells? No, well, I think the big thing is just also the time era, because I've read a lot of historical fiction, but it is always like Tudor era or yeah. World War yeah. II. I don't think I've read anything this far back, and yet mm -hmm. I, I will just say from the outset how approachable it felt and I was expecting it not to I was expecting yeah. it to read like I was trying to read Chaucer and I made that right. mistake when I was like eight and I got the Chaucer record and it was in yeah. old English and a coloring book and I haven't well, been able to those things it. don't go together they did when you got to go to the uh what's it we went, we went to the Huntington Gardens and libraries there okay. in Pasadena these yeah. were the tricks my parents took me on when I was little and I'm sitting there putting on going Quite that's intense. not English mom was like it's old English like yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 I've got the, you know, the Canterbury Tales, and I, and obviously, I, you know, I've read through them, and it's fascinating. And the, the English is, you can't, you can't, when you're reading it, it's, you can't understand no, it. But if you think it out loud, suddenly it does start to make sense. Um, well, you know, it's the same way when people will say Shakespeare doesn't make sense until they hear it, and I'm yeah. like, well, it was not meant to be read in a book. No, it no, was it was meant to be heard. And, I, and I will thank my my twelfth grade AP English teacher because he made us read all of our Shakespeare out loud. We didn't yeah. get sent home with any of it, yeah, so yeah. everything was read out loud. But yours yeah. is all modern English, and occasionally there was a word I had to look up. It's yeah. one of them. Oh, what word was, oh it? was it the What's the notebook? No, it was. It was <laughs> the. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to say it was the. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm going to forget. But I, termagent? Termagent. Termagent, yeah. I had to look that up because I'm like, that's, is that a bird? It's not a bird. <laughs> and then I read it and went, oh, I think that might describe me also because yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a great word. It's a great word. Kind of bossy really? woman. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. No. Yeah. But it, it could have easily like, made, like, it could have been like, oh, a bird faced woman. Oh, no, it's a bossy woman. <laughs> I'm not a bird faced woman. I'm a bird faced woman. I'm the bird faced woman. Well, now I'm oh. a bird faced woman. You are now with your feet. I'm the bird faced woman. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, other than the occasional vocabulary word that was really specific to mm. that era, it was so approachable and such, it, I mean, I didn't expect to have something set as a Benedictine monk in the 14th century be so easy, accessible, and just enjoyable. And fast bingy. Yeah. It was bingy. Well, it was just as bingy as like you. a thriller thriller that like... Yeah. You know, we're not reading now. Feel, yeah, like contemporary thriller, but this is the way all the all the books that are in the series are written, is that they follow the the um, you know all the sort of conventions and rules of a, a contemporary thriller. They just happen to be set in the 14th century, and 
you know, I I feel very strongly that because a lot of people say to me, oh, yeah, I don't like I don't like history books. I don't I don't read. I, I get I do get that a lot. You know, I don't like books that are said in the past. They haven't and tried yours. Shame, no, well, yeah, it's a shame because people are people. You know, the the, the, the environment was different clearly, but people were the same they had the same urges you know their same ambitions they were greedy they were jealous they were they still they thought about those, like her breast mounds yes i, I know no I his like, eyes went there again mounds. bring him up oswald bring him up i'm like oh no he's 18 i'm like poor oswald he's just like oh boobs <laughs> which is funny get it together i've got a song i know it's, it's it's um in in one of the other books he he uh he looks at pornography which did exist but obviously <gasps> The word, the word didn't exist. So I can't, I can't remember. What Is I, this in I, the book that's about Venice? Because I heard that one was very debaucherous when I yeah. was reading. I think it was. Yes, I think it was in that one. Yeah, or, or maybe Venice in- form. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I was just even laughing because there was this point this point made that they said, Oh, they only have like the plain women come and work at the monastery to not be t-. it's like doesn't matter. She saw his boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she is a woman. I am 18 years old. And the exactly. person who them yeah. doesn't even yeah. like women. So yeah. hello. He doesn't know what's hot. <laughs> They're all hot to me. I was like, yes, Oswald, get it. Yeah, well, guys, this is what I mean. Guys have been 18-year-old guys have been 18-year-old guys, you know, forever. So um, <laughs> you know, that's what I was trying to tap into. So yeah, if you don't particularly like history but you know you're prepared to sort of give it a go then yeah and uh well now i'm very 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 intrigued of how we get because again i'm only a little over halfway through Mm -hmm. the good death i want to know more about oswald how he becomes like goes from 18 year old novice monk to Mm -hmm. by the time we meet him in this book he's that but Mm -hmm. also you know, 38 and on his second wife. Yeah, Laura, Laura Jacko points out that 18-year-old boys have not changed much throughout history. And that is absolutely true. And as the mother of a currently six-year-old boy, I'm worried. But Thank you for that comment. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, an awful lot happens to him through that, that, those 20 years. Um, he starts off as a, a monk. He, he, um, he become he needs a family spare, and he sent it off to a monastery to sort of um, be got rid of in some respects. But then he has to come back and suddenly become uh, the lord of the Summers Hill estate, totally unexpectedly, and he's totally unprepared for it. And he's a he's he is a kind of he's a he's actually um, you know he's quite an introverted kind of guy. He's you he's know he's endearing. not. I, I, just wanted, I wanted to give him such a hug. Everything from he's he's got things going on here when he's younger that you just want to pull him aside and go, oh, it's okay, kid. And then when he's older, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry about this too. And your mother and your wife and oh, your sister. Oh, his mom. The mom. Oh my God, she's uh, a she's lot. A- <laughs> I have had such fun writing her and. She had to die in this book. Well, takes place like on her deathbed, but she's like, yeah, you're right. Make this you're right. It's, it's, it's not a spoiler, is it? It's no. not a spoiler. A long time. I'm I love that she like her. cuts him off when he's like, and then, and she's like, I'm bored. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. And he's like, yeah. I'm just literally getting to the part where it's like, and then I found the body. And she's like, um, can you go get your sister? Yeah. <laughs> or she'll just like loudly start snoring. It's like, thanks, mom. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I don't know about you, but I've certainly got, some, you know, there are various uh, females in my family who there are sometimes I'm like it a little bit like that myself you know my kids so um, sometimes I say things to them that they just go mum what earth are you on about you know? <laughs> I mean I will say um, as somebody with an elderly mother who I, I, I have sat at her bedside chatting with her. I get it. And all of a sudden she falls asleep in the middle of my very interesting yeah. story yeah. about yeah. my book where she's like, <laughs> like rolling her eyes and like turning her brain off. Cause she's probably been like, I've been doing this for 42 yeah. years. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm tired. Exactly. I, or I she'll just I... start telling her own story in the middle mm -hmm. of mine where she'll be like, Oh, mm -hmm. you know what? Actually let's talk about the sweater I had when I was 12. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, well, I think, okay. I think there is that whole thing is you, you, you become an, as an older woman you you can become a little bit invisible and so therefore there are ways of increasing your visibility by being awkward by we're already there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. you know um, you just see it over and over again so she definitely is is that sort of character um but yeah i had a lot of fun writing her but yeah she she's um she had to go in this book. <laughs> well, and it needs to be released from her. <laughs> what's funny is like there's so much death in this book, and yet it wasn't a very morbid book. And I've read books where I felt just kind of depressed or or just pushed down, like oppressed by reading the book. And I didn't feel that for a book about death and the plague. It was actually <laughs> very, it was very lighthearted and humorous throughout mm -hmm. so much of it. I mean, de definitely points of tension. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's there are climactic scenes that have a lot of tension in it. Can't spoil it also because Jed, Jed hasn't gotten. I haven't far. finished reading it, but so I, I don't, probably I don't will tonight. Um, yeah. Well, I, I also it for <laughs> I thought there was like some good parallels between what we've gone through mm -hmm. back in we'll say yeah. very early 2020 when the pandemic was just yeah. like maybe a cold. Yeah. And like you have characters in your book who are like, the plague is not in this village. Yeah, mm -mm. No, it, the plague it, is like two yeah. villages away. That is not yeah. going to, to affect us at all. Yeah. And I'm like, two we're going to the plague away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there were so many parallels. Um, uh, just a, a small one. Um, you, you, I don't know what it was like for you guys, but in in Britain, in sort of March, April last year, everybody was going mad trying to get hold of hand sanitizer. That was the the yeah. craze, you know. Our country had no um like toilet paper or hand sanitizer. We were, we were yeah. toilet, toilet paper and, and yeah, we yeah, we yeah. got we got that as well. But the, the hand sanitizer, well, in um 14th century London, there was a mad rush on, on buying gloves when the plague came. <laughs> of course they didn't really understand infection, but they had yeah. an idea that they didn't maybe want to touch somebody who <laughs> like if somebody has in... like a boil that's like yeah. black is coming out of, like maybe yeah. don't touch that. Even if yeah, you don't yeah, understand well, that infection, was kind of obvious to us. But so many things, you know, the whole kind of um, germ you know, theory wasn't around then. Germ theory, theory, they knew nothing about. Germ theory wasn't no. really around until like the late eighteen hundreds. Right. Absolutely. Well, and yeah, absolutely. The only 
the, the, the like they talk about things like met, met, having your humors or your biles mm -hmm. that you're amount to be affected by your food or your mm -hmm. son or all these things and and everything is like okay and there were more than one kind of plague going around too as far as whether one was airborne and then there was one where if you got it maybe you'd survive and the one yeah. where that's like no no chance of survival for that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. if you got the bubonic form which was the one you know we typically think of with the big boils mm -hmm. and you the beaky stand, yeah 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 you know you did stand a chance of surviving but if you if you got it into your same bacteria exactly the same plague but if you got it into your lungs you you just yeah. you died completely you know without without question so yeah it was um so yeah there were loads there were so many you know um parallels between what what we were going through and, and what, what happened in the 14th century. So Gosh, uh, maybe, you know. when were you writing this? Were you writing this during lockdown? Yeah, when we were like, oh, we've got yeah. nothing. And now I'm writing a book about the plague. Okay, so was that was that intentional, Sarah? Did you already know you were going to write a book set yeah. during plague times before we yeah. got the plague? Yeah, um, the, other, the, the other four books in the series, are they're, they're all based around uh, the plague actually okay. um, so in one way or another <laughs> yeah so um because it had such an incredible uh effect on 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 the world or you know on, on western europe on anyway. history on on history yes it right. did it had it, its ramifications of have you know we're still we're still echoes of them now actually um, it is because you can say the plague and everybody immediately they don't think of anything else they think of the bubonic plague they're like absolutely. oh yeah plague masks and yeah, going around yeah. the rosy and like you know like exactly we and get it it killed so many people it killed half the population we can you uh, i know we've been no. through something fairly horrible in the last year but we haven't had a 50% mortality rate, have we? Um, no, we have not. Um, so the ramifications of that sort of went on for years. So all of my, the other books are based around the sort of aftermath of the plague and and the reemergence because it came back again in 1361. It, it, it never- Is this why he around, goes to it? Venice yeah. and just like parties? Well, and no, looks at pornography? <laughs> That's a bit Did he come back with the wife then? Because his wife, Philomena, yeah. is Venetian, so- yeah, he does. He does come back with his wife. But actually, one of the things that I, I desperately wanted to, to write about 14th century Venice is I don't know if you guys have been to Venice, but it's just <laughs> it's my favorite place in the world. Amazing. And, place and I love like ever. historical Venice stuff, which is yeah. why I'm like, oh, my gosh, please. I need to read this book about him yeah, just like well, going there. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I, I just had to send him there. And, and luckily for me. Uh, a lot of people in the 14th century did go to Venice on their way to Jerusalem to hmm. be the sort of stopping off point for the boats. Yeah, for pilgrimages, yeah. they went through through Venice. So that was the perfect way to get in there. But I was rather disappointed when the whole debauchery side of Venice, because actually in the 14th century, Venice was much more of a kind of major industrial city. It was a very... <laughs> was I, no, I, down. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't the Venice that we think of you know, with the carnivals and the courtesans and, you know, there was, it, prostitution was actually illegal. So yeah, it, was, it was a I've very different a, place to yeah. the kind of I've Venice read a city. lot of books about, we'll say that early 1800s in Venice and mid-1800s. Yeah. Casanova, is that 1800s? Casanova's later. Yeah, much, much later. Actually, by the 15th century, it had kind of, um, because what the interesting thing about Venice is it was very much an industrial, important uh, city um, for all sorts of reasons, mainly to do with trading. But by the 15th century, it, it was it was bypassed because 
I think his name was Vasco da Gama, the Portuguese explorer, found a way of traveling around the bottom of um, Africa. So there was no need for, you know, goods could be transported by ship mm -hmm. rather than coming across the Silk Roads to mm -hmm. Venice. So Venice kind of lost its place in the world. So then it sort of, it basically just fell into a decline until Napoleon, um, he invaded in, I think it was about 18, 1800. Hundred, I but, think it was. Yeah, but the decline was like a multi-century party, from what I hear. Well, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. nothing better yeah. to do. We might as well yeah. just get drink and get drunk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when, but, yeah, but my my book is is sort of yeah, it's a little bit more about yeah, as, as I say, Venice. That yeah, there's a bit of debauchery. I'm, I'm not going to lie, a little bit. There's an oh. island. There's an island where where prostitution is is allowed, and, and he does spend some time there. So so yeah. Oh. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about that. Which island? <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's based on a real a real island. Um, I was where, like, which island was it based on? Because I know Venice has it has its own plague island. It has Pavalia. Yeah, um, it's uh, one of those very small islands. Um, the teeny tiny ones. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I can't remember. No, you're name. okay. I'm sorry to quiz yeah. you about yeah. Venice. Yeah. Sorry, Fun plague fact, island is kind of Jennifer's thing. So she's like, yeah. like I recently. My last book involved kind of a modern plague that wasn't okay. COVID, that was also written during COVID, but not about it. And it was blah, blah, blah before COVID. Yeah. And my characters do go to Venice. Oh, do they? Excellent. Okay. They are not debauched, though. They're not debauched. They're not debauched. Um, <laughs> and also, fun fact, <laughs> both of these masks are were bought in that. Well, they were there. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, now this particular island was a, it was actually a, um, it was a, a convent, um, but a lot of the, oh, <laughs> yeah, but a lot of the, the, the sort of families that had a daughter they couldn't marry off, they'd send them to, to this uh, convent where, where they sort of partied basically, and there was a bit of prostitution involved as well. And there were quite a lot of children born who they managed to sort of fob off as uh, found foundlings. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed. I shouldn't have laughed. You're like foundlings. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and I think every so often they got shut down by the Catholic Church. You weren't too keen on this kind of convent. It's, well, it's very, it's very historically when it was a nunnery, when yeah, like yeah. in a, the Shakespearean yeah version get of the, the word to that nunnery get, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. well and i just laugh because you're talking about okay if you if you have a daughter you can't marry off she goes to a nunnery if you've got a son who's not set to inherit anything mm. he goes to a monastery mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like i love the idea you mentioned it earlier this spare child like mm. well We'll keep you just in case everybody dies. Then yeah. you might be necessary. Well, I, but in the like meantime, all those titled families had to. They called it heir and a spare, and they yeah, still yeah. call it that. They're they like, do. Because yeah. the do. girls don't count, but you mm -hmm. need a boy heir, and you need yeah. another male son, at least, because yeah. he's like the spare. But back in those days when people were dying from paper cuts. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you... you um you know, you had to produce quite a few children to make sure that some of them reached adulthood and carried your family name on. So, uh, so and yeah. As a woman, if you couldn't do that, that was, you know, mm. sucked for the, you because... <laughs> it wasn't a great time to be a woman. Let's it wasn't. Be no, <laughs> and you did cover that a lot. And in, in, again, not an overly depressing way mm -hmm. in The Good Death. Like, you, you definitely covered the fact that women were second-class citizens mm -hmm. without it being preachy, mm -mm. Oh, with it being you. very realistic and 
you know, at times like hopeful and sad and charming, but sad because. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, I, um, I was looking at my, my author's notes uh, earlier and one of the things I'd sort of said was that I don't feel it's right to sort of retrospectively empower women from the past and to sort of, this was my own point of view, I know other people feel differently, but but on the other hand, sometimes you, you go back and you think, God, this is so miserable, you've got to give them as much agency as, as you can, you've got to give them some space to do something. Um, I was going to bring up Maud because yeah. I loved Maud and Same. You, you did have a character there who was comparatively empowered and also mm -hmm. addressing her disempowerment, like mm -hmm. addressing the fact that she's like, I'm not married, but I have this stuff to do and I'm doing this and I'm not being taken seriously because I'm a woman and people treat me differently because I'm a woman versus And I, I only have this. this because my something has happened to my father. Yeah, my father like has taken ill. Yeah, like yeah, I couldn't have yeah. this on my own. Mm -mm. Yeah. Also, her outfits were described impeccably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know that's really like vain to say, but I'm like, no, oh, I no, want that um, dress. Like, yeah, well, one of the Which fascinating things about her like a, a J in the yeah, midst of the, like the, the other little green. I mean, birds. she was actually she would have been flouting rules because there were actually there were actually rules about what you could wear depending on the class that you were in mm. society. Yeah. So, um, if you want noble, you really want allowed to wear furs. You want allowed to wear jewels in your hair, and I mean, pe women did, but you could be. You could be arrested or fined for it. So can you imagine that? You know, you, you can't wear this because you're you're not the right sort of class in society. My entire closet would make no sense. <laughs> okay. I'd be fine, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be I'd be right because I'd just wear black mainly. So I, 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 I would literally no, no take off this earring and I okay, I'm good. I'll just take off my earrings now just to be just to be sure. But no, yeah. that's it. I'm I'm much good. more frumpy. <laughs> but I, I love the idea it's like if you're not fancy you're not allowed to be fancy like that's the rule well I think it was you you were just basically supposed to you know it was a very controlled society and you were born into a certain class and really mm -hmm. they didn't really you know there wasn't a lot of movement up or down <laughs> the class system no. so, so anybody who was no certainly not I'm sorry as I'm like yeah. screaming I'm like certainly not no no oh it's, my it's, God. It's, it's true. I mean what you do like, see during um the 14th century is you see the, the the sort of middle class is growing so it's the mer the merchants and the, the people who move to London they make money from selling fleeces and other kind of imported goods um and their wives are the people who the noble nobility are really concerned about because these women have got money. Yeah, um, this is like, I feel like that would be what in our country, there's like this string of shows called like the Real Housewives of, oh, we which is all right. like yeah. kind of like yeah. bougie yeah. 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 Maybe money. Have those. Yeah. But I feel like that's what those wives would have been considered. No, like, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, they're like yeah. kind of trashy. Really. They're, <laughs> they're vulgar. They'll fight in public, yeah. but yeah. they wear like, really fancy outfits yeah 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 exactly um this is exactly i mean going back to venice you see that very much if you go down you know uh, down the grand canal you see those big palazzos and uh they were just basically it was a way of showing your money wasn't it to, to sort of shove on as many sort of porticos and windows and pillars and whatever you could do you just shove it on and then 
they had this thing where a, a woman of wealth would sit in the window and she would <laughs> she would sit with her with her most expensive expensive Persian rug, not a metaphor, a real rug. <laughs> uh, Sarah, we love you. I feel like you just officially became like an official co-host if you ever wanted. When you <laughs> made her a vox vomitus vixen. She's vox vomitus vixen. Okay, so with her. Persian rug. Her real, her real Persian rug. <laughs> her wealth, you know, she'd sit there all day with people sort of, you know, sort of punting past and um, thinking, wow, what an amazing, what amazing, what an amazing rug, rug that has. woman has. <laughs> and see, the, the problem I have with that is that my mind immediately goes to like New Amsterdam and the whole, um, like Amsterdam and you've got like the the prostitutes in the window showing yeah. off their wares, I'm like different kind of display of the wares yeah. there. Like this is yeah. for the rug. We're like, no, no, this is why I'm right here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Different window shopping. Yeah, here. different kind of thing. But yeah, but if you look yeah. back at old paintings of, of uh, you'll see this very clearly uh, in 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 paintings of Venice. You see these women sitting just you know in in the window with with their expensive rugs on show. So yeah, and you know, and of course the irony now is Venice is completely like rotting from the yeah like it's so this is why when when in my book I went to Venice because I had that whole there was this beautiful facade but something mm -hmm. is like making it sick from underneath mm -hmm. yeah yeah it has, but, it has oh, I love Venice so much I would just yeah the, when we went, I was like, I have, about, you know, yeah. I have to live here. <laughs> what, what's there? I didn't hear what you said. Well, it's amazing decrepitude about it, though, doesn't it? Oh, it's yes. It's it's kind the of... beauty of decay. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, wonderful, wonderful place. Well, <laughs> another thing that I really loved about your book, and you touched on it a little bit at the beginning, is how you're talking about two different time periods and a man who's pushing 40 versus a man who's not quite even 20 in the different places in his life and where he's reflecting. And it's funny because the the only other book that I've read that was set around this time in the, in the plague was uh, the Doomsday Book. I don't know if you've read that no. by Connie Wills, but no. it, that's a time travel book, but they're going oh, okay. back to okay. the same, same era. Okay. But it, in the same way, it was reminding me of that because of the time travel element of yeah. going back and forth, but it was only, you know, 30 years or 20 years, but it's, it's, the scope of one person's life and reflecting back on how he got to where he is and why this time in his life has shaken him to his core and how it stuck with him. Yeah, it's um, I was quite nervous about taking on a kind of what I'd call time slip, you know, that whole yeah. sort of two narratives in, in different I've never heard slip. that. You're saying time slip? Yeah. I've, I've never yeah, heard that. That's a beautiful like way of saying it. Yeah, um, uh, if you read Labyrinth by Kate Moss, mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a sort of time slip slip novel. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a term I've just I didn't make it up. It's come across. I've come across it. Well, we're not accusing you of making it, it up. <laughs> I can't. And Sarah Sykes made up a made up a, a term called a whole genre. <laughs> a whole genre. Keep going. I'm she running it down. Time slip. So you said Kate Moss Labyrinth. Yeah. Um, um, because when I have read books along those lines, sometimes I become more interested in one time frame yeah. than the yeah. other. Um, so I, I really hope it, that I hope I managed to sort of keep it. I was very um, interested and am because I'm still currently reading it in both timelines. Okay. Me too. And usually, I will say I always find myself like, oh God, they went back to the future <laughs> of whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is. Um, I liked it, and I feel like. In the earlier 
portion of the book, I mean, the, the like earlier dates, mm-hmm. um, Oswald, it's, it's all him pretty much all the time. We mm-hmm. get it. Once we get to like Oswald at 38, there is this cast of characters that also imbibe him. Yeah. And that made it exciting and interesting because we had, you know, his kooky friend, the crazy mom, crazy the mom. wife that you're like, hmm, I don't know about her. Why is she hanging out with crazy friends so much? Why is she, like, she laughs at crazy, all of crazy friends jokes. Yeah. What is that? And so then the sister right. who's Isn't just it? like, I'm just interested in mom's jewelry. <laughs> so no, I'm going to make sure I get my I jewelry. suppose, yeah, for me, it was quite comforting to go back to that time frame because I've, those characters are, are quite cold constant oh apart from gosh. the crazy friend he hasn't turned up before but um okay but, I was wondering uh, I'm like <laughs> yeah. oh, I loved your, but you made notes in the in the afterward or your author's notes yeah. about who he was based on and I love yeah. that he was like that you didn't even pick some of the more ridiculous stories that no. the real character told no. with like people with like elephant ears and all sorts yeah. of ridiculous stuff eyes in like, their chest can I get a, a <laughs> A compendium of ridiculous fables because I would read that too. I'm like, oh, oh it's absolutely it's, it's a fascinating if you can get your hands on it. It's called The Travels of Sir John Mandeville, and oh. um, writing that down too. I know, yeah. I'm like, I, can't, I have my glasses off, so I can't write anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing it for you. I read for you, I write for you. I'm your little oh, oh my gosh. Like, take a note. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your Timothy to your Paul. You go, no, <laughs> no, but people genuinely believed you know, his account of traveling because... Because they hadn't been anywhere. No, no. There was some talk that he, you know, he was just sort of copying some of the stories from Marco, because Marco Polo's book um, was predates his by about 40 years. So there was, you know, some, some of it some of it made sense and some of it is just bonkers, you know, the, <laughs> the island where people live on the smell of apples. That's my favourite one. I do like that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So... Spoil like I haven't gotten there, but I would like to now live on that island because <laughs> I feel like I would be much thinner. I don't, I don't know if you can live on the. I feel like I could end up getting fat on the end of apples if like that's how my metabolism is. Like, oh, I smelled too much today, and now I better go work. Yeah, if I was going to have to smell something, I maybe like maybe more bacon or something oh uh oh no i'm not she's a vegan we're back to josh malerman's bacon fat frosting (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that was not one of your more pleasant every once in a while i like cry during a book because i'm like oh no they killed that pig and allison's like it was a ham (laughs) (laughs) it was just a meal and i was and i was a vegetarian but never a vegan so i i was like that for years but i can still be like so here's a picture of the pork boy and i put it on instagram like apologies to vegans and people are like thank you for at least thinking of us i'm like i think it's a pretty picture and look at those apples (laughs) (laughs) so that was both and all goes back to apples the vegans vegans would love the island that where you lived on the smell of apples definitely so yes <laughs> it's a good false sense. It's like walking into a Yankee Candle Company. Mm, nourishment. Yes, exactly. Maybe you guys don't get that there. Do you have a fancy candle shop there? Or do you guys have Yankee? Yes, we do. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's mad as you loads of candle shops. It's uh, the new the new it's the new drug because yeah. now we can barely leave our houses. So it's like yeah, let's bring all of the smells yeah. to us. Yeah, exactly. So the one the one joy in life over the last year. A nice well, smelling candle. 
<laughs> one of the things you touched on your in your book and talking about even how like the stuff spreads versus knowing now, okay, we were told to stay at home. Mm-hmm. They didn't. And so you're seeing all these people traveling. And I remember that's how like, well, this is how the plague kept getting worse because mm-hmm. they just kept leaving mm-hmm. it. But all it takes is one person to bring it with them. It's like, well, I'm leaving this town that had the plague and bringing it here. Yeah, no, no, it's exactly what happened. And, and they lived in such kind of unsanitary conditions. Um, and so so they lived cheap by jowl, you know, they, you know, even, even a wealthy family would maybe have two bedrooms and eight people, mm-hmm. you know, so you were, you're all together in all the time. So you had no yeah. chance. Of there, and there was no antibacterial soap. Nothing like that whatsoever. Yeah. No, no, you so, know. so yeah. it, like at the end of the day, you just have to be uh, <laughs> thankful that the human condition, even like we even survived that. Yeah. But well, Laura, if you think, Laura, yeah, we, we're, yeah. Sorry, someone just said, uh, we had a message about candles. There, I think. Yeah, she just she said, Laura said she was like, oh, My house has so many candles, it looks like oh, I'm trying yeah. to post a seance. <laughs> but, you know, we're trying to contact all the people we lost in the plague, yeah, way back then with all those candles. Well, if you think about it, you know, we're we're all kind of, I, I guess, your ancestry is, is European, um, so yes. <laughs> you're so I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I feel like you can see how pale I am. <laughs> like, we, we've joked before that you, you and your husband did the like the 23 and Me or something. And her husband is like 100% Russian. So he found out he's like 100% Russian. We're like, this was not surprising. Why did he you found out he was 2% Finland and he was so excited I was like oh yeah. but like like he's from St. Petersburg so it's like literally like almost the same place it's just like yeah. a ferry right away yeah 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 I found out I had been like lied to my entire life about being like part Native American somebody no, told no, you no, you no. were yeah my oh. entire female uh-huh. side of my family believes a, a, a fictitious fable <laughs> Oh, oh no! Yes. Uh, and when I, oh, wow. I was Elizabeth Warren. It's like you pretty much a, were. She was I'm a politi- she's a politician in our country who believed also she was Native oh. American. So yes. I believed it until I yes. spit into the cup, and then I was yeah. like, "Oh, nope, just good old Scottish English, yeah. Welsh, and French." Yes, yes. Well, this is exactly. Yeah, I mean, my my daughter did it, and she was fifty two percent Scottish um, and ten percent Norwegian, and the rest was sort of northern. Germanic, yeah, you know, yeah, just that. Like, we live here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like, yeah, but don't go is, into the yeah. sun. Yeah, <laughs> you, your skin will burn. Yeah, basically. But the point is, our um, you know, in our past, we were luckily, our ancestors were people who managed to live through it. Um, yes, we wouldn't be here. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're all so pale they probably didn't leave the house so <laughs> stay at home people that's still the that's and still when the you leave put on, put on sunscreen because we all burn Oh, <laughs> yes. or a mask, a plague oh, mask. A mask, indeed. Sunscreen mask. Not to be political. Maybe <laughs> like, just do be safe. Okay. <laughs> Definitely do it. Yeah. All right. I hate to say this, we're out of time. Oh, wow. That's it's so past cool. Sarah's bedtime. Anyway. It's past Sarah's. Practically Sarah's midnight like, sleep. it's midnight. And she's like, well, it I could go all day. Allison's <laughs> got to bring her kids to choir, and I've got to get on a class. Oh, okay. Well, it's been but fun. we could keep talking about the good death forever. Um, loved it. Everybody who's watching live or watching the video on the replay, uh, 
Sarah's website is scrolling underneath. If you are listening to this with just your ears on Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere, just like glance down at the show notes and her website is there. Thank you to Laura as well. (laughs) Thank you to Laura. Thank you, Laura. Very very eager commenter. Thank you, Laura. Thank you to everybody at the Global Authors on the Air Radio Network. This has been a copywritten podcast, and we will be back next week with author Carrie Schaefer, who uh, talking about her new novel, Other People's Things. Bye. Bye.